We want to welcome you and thank you for you know making the time and investing in your own heart and life. This is episode number one seventy four of Lift Transform. No, it isn't. It's one seventy five. Shoot. One. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, no. Now we're gonna leave yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna leave that. Alone. We're gonna let See, Bob eat it. Oh. <laughs> See, everybody thinks that Bob is the only stable one in this group. That's right. See? We have to. And so we we, mm-hmm. we got to show that he does have some flaws. Yeah. In there David, somewhere. you're my Sorry. editor. David, you're nope, my son. Nope, I love nope, you, David. Nope, Help nope, me. Nope. <laughs> Not no, happening. You just got to own this, own man. It. Oh, it was so eloquent, and then you guys dogged. <laughs> me on it <laughs> yeah. we, we enjoyed Jim's it the instigator <laughs> right. always That's right. Everyone, yeah so we're in episode 175 this is 175 yeah well, you know it's one that's one right after one yeah yeah too. we feel like that'd be the yeah. next okay, perfect one okay, to do okay <laughs> wow. and you know what you guys I have a, oh my bob it's okay it's okay yeah it's all right yeah yeah, yeah sure don't, don't cry yeah don't cry <laughs> I always need a good cry a day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get serious and say how much I love the subject. I was like, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. I yeah. You all are just showing your true character right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. Well, it's, no, see, here, here's the thing. There's a difference between your character issues and, and being crazy. <laughs> see, see, me and Otter, does, we're crazy. Yeah. And, and, but other than when we're being crazy, we got character. Yeah. <laughs> we're either, that's where that works. Yeah. We're, we're crazies crazy with great character. character. Yeah, crazy characters. Oh, good. Yeah, I love it. Okay, somebody help me now. Okay, so episode 174, last week. La- what, y- yes. Talking about character and just moving us towards the foundation of that. You mm. really did that. Even bringing in Leviticus and the sacrifices mm-hmm. and how every one of those was um, throughout God's our Humans on Earth, boy, am I not talking very well today between the two of us, Bob. But anyway, it really inspired me to that last thing that you talked about is that our character can get so violated that we don't trust God. And if there's one thing that benefits our life, it's to trust God. Because when we truly trust Him, then we can rest, then we can move with Him, then we can hear His voice, and then we can obey Him. Like when we, we trust who we, we obey who we trust. You know, I studied uh, Alabama state law back in the 60s, believe Bob's giving me a look like, what was that, Audrey? You were trying to say something. Uh, no, yeah. it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he sense. gives it yeah. to me. I think I'm his oh, favorite, yeah. Bob. Yeah. He mm-hmm. gives me a pass. <laughs> but in Alabama state law, it's really interesting. If if you and I were like sitting on the hood of our car yeah. and and you were to say, and Bob, you were to say, you know, I like this car, man, I, you know, I'd give you, I, I'd give you 500 bucks for it. And if I were to say, okay. And we didn't shake hands or anything. But if you had a witness to the fact that I gave you my word, you could take me to court. I would have to sell it to you at that price. Now we're to the place to where you can have a 500-page contract where you sign <laughs> yeah. your signature 25 <laughs> times true. saying that you're going to pay. And there's still, you can there, still there, There's going to be some it. kind of a loophole well, in there. Yeah, oh, the, yep. the whole thing is that contracts are actually designed not to keep you in, but to get you out. Right. Give you, give you loopholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. People do not understand how strategically the, the, the left, the extreme left, the Luciferian elitist, and, and the extreme right of, of what they call themselves conservatives, but they're really elitist, elitists have worked diligently for decades to undermine any need or any sense of the value of having character. Uh, and, 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 you know, it, it wasn't accidental that contracts got more complicated. It wasn't accidental that, that, that um, courtroom justice changed. It wasn't accidental. Do you know, and I, you've probably heard me say this before, uh, the two places in America that you have laws protecting you when you lie is on the floor of the Senate and on the floor of the House. You can lie standing before Congress, standing before, standing before the Senate. You, you can lie. There's not one thing that can be done about it. Hmm. And the laws are written to do that, and their rules are written to do that. Should be the one place in the world or in America 
where you have to tell the truth. Hmm. But it's really the one place in America where lying is protected. Hmm. Hmm. Now, this isn't accidental. People think all this stuff is accidental and, you know, just a bunch of crooked thieves and that kind of stuff. Well, there are a bunch of thieves. and you know, There's always low-level people that, uh, that these laws facilitate their their you know their desire to cheat and steal was it isn't that kind of bringing us to the place where you know the end justifies the means you, you know where people yeah. would compromise character because yeah. you know ultimately we're helping someone yeah we'll help someone it'll be for the good it, you, you know so it but see that get, that gets into into the concept of relativity. Okay. Everything is relative. And, and I can remember back in the 60s when this started becoming a big thing about, about moral relativity. Okay. And, and situ, situational Circumstantial. Ethics. Situational yeah. ethics, yeah. 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 And, and, so, and so I can remember in school when they started, when, when they started talking to along these sort of things, and I can remember as a, you know, as a redneck kid in Tennessee, you know, in the 50s and 60s, sitting there going, no, lying is lying. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if the circumstances have changed. Lying is lying. But none of this is deliberate. Remember, the thing that will usher the world into the tribulation and then ultimately facilitate the rise of the Antichrist is lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Or as the Bible will call it, iniquity. That's, that's mm-hmm. a King James word for mm-hmm. it. And in lawlessness, and we're you know we're seeing that we're seeing all we're seeing that all over America, you, you know, right now, you know, in, in lawlessness, um, it's like okay, and, you know, I, I hope this isn't too political. Bring up, you know, we got a situation, you know, where George Floyd was murdered in in New York, I mean, in Minnesota, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and you know that is a man. As far as I'm concerned, everybody involved in his death needs to pay the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I, I don't think they need to pay the price of just going to jail. I think if you kill somebody, you should die. I, I think, you know, that's what the Bible teaches. You pay the price of the pain that you inflict on other people. And that's the only way that you stop people from being willing, or, or that's the only way you get people to consider the willing, uh, to consider the degree of pain they're about yeah. to inflict mm-hmm, is when they think, mm-hmm. oh, well, wait a minute, if I get caught, whatever I'm trying to do them is what's going to happen to me. Right, right. Uh, you, you, you take justice back to that. And it would be amazing how much crime would stop all over the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, but stop and think about it. What what is it now? There's something like uh, seven dead people already. Uh, there have been, I think, somewhere between four and seven hundred people injured. Many of them fatally injured. In- innocent people that had nothing to do with hurting. George Floyd, you know, had nothing to do with inflicting pain, but had nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. People who, some of them were just in their shop or in their store, watching their store, and suddenly somebody runs in, busts out all the windows, starts stealing stuff, and kills them. But we have degenerated in such a place of morals and ethics through lawlessness, through situational uh, uh, ethics. That is, well, but you know, it, it's all right that they murder all those other people because they're mad about this one person that got, got murdered. Mm-hmm. And here's a sad thing. The whole, well, really not the whole country because the whole, the, the whole country as a whole is totally against everything that's happening. But a great number of people who have power use this logic and this justification. Now to get here, we had to go through a very definite process of what the communists call demoralization. And demoralization is a, and this has been done in every country that has been overthrown by communism. People think, well, communism, you know, the Cold War's over. Well, if you think communism has anything to do about countries and borders, about it's a, it's a philosophy. Mm-hmm. It is a Luciferian philosophy that, uh, that ultimately that, that offers you Everything that Jesus offers you, but it tells you that the only way you can have it is to have no character, to break the law, to violate the word of God, to mistreat other people, and and eventually it's going to bring about it's going to bring about a paradise mm-hmm. uh, that is equal to what the Bible calls the kingdom of heaven. Right, right. And uh, so so 
In order to get to a place where this makes sense to people, America has been in at least 70 years of, of demoralization, deliberate corrupting of the media, deliberate corrupting of, uh, of the judicial system, deliberate payoffs and corruption in, in, in every area that relates to people socially, legally, and in the government and this sort of thing, to get us to a place to where uh, character is no longer a virtue. The character today will hold you back from succeeding in how the world is being structured today. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm... You know, just kind of, you know, swimming through all of this uh, with regards to, you know, the society, you know, that we're living in today. But then also, again, what we want to do is we're going to find that golden thread of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And because others may respond and react in these manners, Mm -hmm. what about me? And for, for some, a lot of people have even gone to the place, well, the only way for me to get ahead is to cheat, lie, deceive, use manipulate, mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. And if not, then they'll just run over me. But I think what happens then when it comes to the end of the day, is there any peace in your heart? Mm-hmm. Is, is oh, there any harmony in your home? No. Yeah. And, you, and, and just talking about the things that are going on in this world and yeah. everything like that, I was just thinking focus is a really big deal. And what you focus on is where you're literally pouring your energy. And people are talking about having a voice, but having a voice is really the voice of your, your heart and your thoughts because that that focus and energy that you're putting on what you are going to make bigger in your life is what's going to change what you can change. I think we can talk a lot about it's so good to be aware of what's going on in the politics. Mm. But then I think of some focus. Um, just the other day, Jim, Bob bought some coffee up north where we live. And they have a roaster there, and it's this be- this cool place where they're roasting their own beans and everything else. But they have a 24-7 little wooden cabinet at the front of the store stacked up full of all these, you know, pounds of coffee, different kinds. And they have a little envelope, and they said, hey, whenever you take a, a pound of coffee, just, you know, put $10 in an envelope and put it in this slot. And we just, we just use the honor system. And if you don't have $10 this time, you know, if you don't... Pay us next time, you know, whatever that is. And this incredible, almost extreme honor system, and it's working for them. Like, I would just think that just blows my mind. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. It was just wild. Well, you know, and and what's interesting, uh, according to a lot of variable factors about where that store is located. Yes. Who their customer base is. Yes. You know. You know, one of the things really interesting, you know, uh, uh, every now and then we'll we'll do some kind of a like like a special <laughs> offer. So we're dealing with Christians. I probably shouldn't have even mentioned that whole thing. <laughs> no. Like seriously, but it's true. So, so, oh, absolutely. So, we, so we, we'll be dealing with Christians, and so and I've done this so, and I always know what's going to happen. So let's say let's say that I, I make a I make I put an offer out there that says you know something for. And remember, this is money we use to reach a world. Right, with. right. This isn't what I, I don't line my pockets <laughs> right, with right, this. Right. And all. But we'll put out a program for people to invest in themselves yes. who say they want to invest in themselves because they want to be disciples. Yes. And that's really, now that, to me, that's <laughs> just like, man, you're talking about oxymoron. the irony I'm going to get this so I can invest in myself with God. And so let's say that we, we say, well, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access to this much material for three months. Mm-hmm. At, at, you know, for, for this great, great, great price of this. And like I said, we're going to take that money and we're going to put it into reaching the world because it's what we do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what will be interesting is you will get somebody that will register for that. And then when they get access to it, they will download all of that material that they can get. And then they'll say they want their money back, their oh. registration fee that they paid back. Now, these are Christians 
that are saying that the reason for this is because they're going to help them grow it's in God, but they're going to cheat, lie, and steal to get it. And the sad thing is, we, we, in we, the Christian we should huh? we should not be laughing because no, in the Christian happens. world, in the Christian world, that's normal. Oh. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, in, in, in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I don't know how it is now, but for years, if you went to Raymond Bible College, or to any of the Bible colleges up there, and you tried to rent an apartment, nobody wanted to rent an apartment to you because they knew you wouldn't pay your rent and you'd skip out. People didn't want to give you jobs because they knew you'd be the worst employee that they'd ever get if you were up there going to Bible college. That's pretty sick. Sobering. You know, you know, what, Sobering. You know, I can say this in our Bible college, our residential Bible college, and because because I would kick a student out in a heartbeat if they went out and did that kind of stuff. In our Bible college, businesses called us because our students have such a reputation for being people of character, working hard and showing up because our emphasis was on developing yourself. You are a disciple. You're taking on the characteristics of Jesus. You're going to, you're going to be the light in the world instead of, oh, we're all believing for miracles where we don't work, we don't pay our bills, but somehow or another God just miraculously makes everything work out for us. You know, and, that, and that's kind of where so much, of the, so much of the flaky Christian world is in this day. But, you know, we want to look at the fact that if we, and you know, and character is a really interesting thing. And the only true character there is is a proven character. There is no theoretical character. Hmm, no such you, thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Until it's something you put into practice, it is not character. And character is a, con is a concept that includes so many overlapping other truths because character is directly related to your sense of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Character is directly related to how you see God. Character is direct. Here's another place. Character is so intimately related to wisdom. Mm. Now stop and think about it. Wisdom is the practical application of truth. So a person of character, a practical application of truth is you owe money, you pay it. You pay, you pay them or you go work it out. You solve the problem. Uh, you know, you give your word to do something. Practical application is then you do it. You follow through. If you can't follow through, you go work it out. You, you know, all that, you communicate, all this kind of stuff. That's just practical application. So, you know, wisdom is practical application and knowing, knowing what to do. But character is the fact that you have a positive desire to apply the word the way you should, to have that, you know, to walk in that whole practical application. One of my favorite scriptures about leadership, and I actually shared this in, in our uh, uh, World Changer letter, I think, last month, and is in the Second Chronicles, I think it is. I love the way the NIV says it. And it's talking about why David was so powerful as a leader. And it says, and, I, and so they're kind of saying, of the sons of this group, you know, these people were really good with, with certain weapons, and this mm. group was mm -hmm. really good with horses. And and, and they come up, I believe, it's on, I believe it's on the tribe of Issachar. And they said the tribe of Issachar, they had this one really unique skill. They understood the times hmm. and what you should do mm. in those times. Now, character is one of the things that... Those over, and again, all this wisdom, understanding, all this is overlapping, and it comes together, and it's applied in the person who, who has character. And that person who has character looks at a situation, and whether they remember it, and it's in the Word of God, or whether it just comes up out of their heart, how, however it happens, they understand the times, mm -hmm. and they open their heart up to God to walk in God's truth and apply it in a way that makes it work in that situation. Now that that gets wisdom that gets you into wisdom, and wisdom gets you into something that is just beyond a single concept, you know, one-dimensional definition. Because if wisdom is about practical application, then you realize 
truth never changes, but practical application changes in a lot of situations, but it never violates the truth. For example, if I owe you money and, uh, and I realize if I pay you off in cash right now, I'm going to lose my opportunity to, say, make an investment down here that I know is coming. So, you know, some people will say, then I just won't pay you. I'm just going to hold my money back. No, I'd go back, go in and negotiate with you. Wisdom, wisdom would say this would be the smart way to handle your money. But character would say, but you still, if you gave your word, then you've either got to do it or you got to negotiate something that is acceptable to that person to, to adjust that plan. And so, and so God wants us to be able to walk through this world. And, and again, like we talked about earlier, this, this gets so much into how we experience favor. You know, I was, uh, I, this business guy I was telling about, I was with him the other day. Somebody, I was doing some business with somebody else, and they needed, they needed a, um, an office to work out of here in Huntsville. I said, well, let me call this friend of mine. And so we go down there, have this guy meet us at one of his facilities, and we go down, I, I make the introduction. I, I didn't, I wasn't going to get anything out of it. I was just making the introduction. But, uh, but uh, you know, one of the things he said when he met that guy, first thing he says is, you know, me and Jim done a lot of business together. And he says, and he always keeps his word, and he always does, he always does what he says he's going to do. Hmm. That, was, that, was, that wow. was the whole initial conversation. Wow. Now, there have been times when I've gone to him and said, all right, I told you I wanted to do it this way, but I would come out better. It would work out better for me if I could do it this way, uh, but I won't do it unless you agree to it. And, you know, usually he would be like, well, sure. If, 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 if I make you come out better and I'm still going to get my money, yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, character character doesn't say, I'm going to be compelled by greed. I'm going to take shortcuts to get what I want. I am going, my name and my word is the core of, of, of my representation of God. It's the mm. core of who I am in the community. And I've got to value that above all else, uh, you know, as far as, you know, on practical sense. And, uh, and I'm, not going to, I'm not going to do that, which is going to hurt my name and hurt my word. But even besides how it's going to affect him, in the community and my business dealings, I always have to remind myself if, like we talked about last week, at the close, I mean, yeah, last week, close of the broadcast, is like, if I don't keep my word, I will never in my heart be able to believe God's going to keep his word. And I don't want to get to that place. Mm -hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what, what is not happening here, you know, what we are not talking about is, is, is a realm of self-righteousness. This oh. isn't about you puffing yourself up and, and, and look at me, but this is one who is a dependent one. This is one who truly is a disciple, you know, one who does follow. And boy, I mean, just know how influential your life really is with regards to those who are around you and those who are watching you. I'm sure that you've heard it, you know, said many times before, you might be the only Jesus they ever see. Oh. Well, Jesus said, Jesus said when he left, we're going to be the light of the world. Yes. So, so are we light? Are we a dim yeah. light? Are we a bright light? But you brought up an interesting word I think we need to look at. And I got a scripture I want to go to about, about developing character. Mm -hmm. And I know we promised the people we would do it. Uh, but <clears throat> this concept of self-righteousness, mm. you know, Am I doing this, you know, for self-righteous purpose? Ego's sake. Ego, ego driven. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go back to the sacrifices. Remember, you cannot understand what Jesus has done for us any, beyond your foundation that's built through the types and the shadows of the Old Testament sacrifices. Everything Paul, everything Paul ever told us about Jesus, every bit of it, he got out of the Old Testament. Yes. Now, when you think about righteousness, and you know, righteousness is one of those words, righteousness, sin, saved. There's several words that I'm telling you, the minute you say those words, people, repentance, people dive into some religious concept that, 
you can't no they will even tell you how yes this is the proper definition but they still think that they still think as if the old way is the way to do it and you can't even drag people into a reasonable conversation to open their eyes in those areas because tradition has so captured their heart and their beliefs that 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 they don't know, they don't know how to change the heart in those areas but let's let's talk about righteousness because in legalism and ego-driven self-righteousness you only think about righteousness is you think about righteousness more in perfection mm-hmm. and more in flawlessness. Mm-hmm. Now, something I didn't mention last week when we talked about the, the, the sacrifices and the blood. When the blood would cleanse the altar and cleanse the tabernacle and cleanse the person from their impurities and from their sins and transgressions. Have you ever thought about, okay, wait wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, let's look at sins. Okay, that's kind of easy to understand. And then let's look at transgressions. And that's usually the, and sometimes it even say iniquities. It would include several things. And those words are, we get those words pretty straightforward. But wait a minute, what about impurities? Hmm. What, what, What is he talking about? About impurities. Now, so remember, the most simple, fundamental concept of righteousness is as it should right. be. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> when a leper was found out to be a leper, and when a s- sacrifice was made about his disease, what word do they use to describe that disease? Impurity. Yes. Mm. When, uh, when a woman with an issue of blood, when they brought a sacrifice mm. to cleanse her, what was that for? Purity. Impurity. Mm-hmm. Now, this gets into something that is just so beyond. Mm. If you've got a one-dimensional concept of sin, <laughs> yeah. of righteousness, and all that kind of stuff, you, 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 your head's going to blow up, and you're never even going to figure this right, out. Right, So what you start realizing is the impurities that the blood cleanses us from are the impurities in our flesh. Because iniquity... Transgression, sin, all of these other words get into these things of the heart and the belief and the behavior. But the, but the word impurity is always about the frailties in our flesh. Interesting. And so this is why Paul said, if you take communion and you you don't discern what this sacrifice of the, of his flesh, what he suffered in his flesh, and what he suffered, and what his blood, and what, and what his blood represents, what his blood will cleanse you from, then this is going to be one of the reasons people are going to be sick and dying and having infirmities, is because they are not operating faith in what the sacrifice really offers. They're just kind of looking at it and go, okay, he died, and whoa, whoa, whoa. And so, anytime you're, anytime you take communion where you are not discerning, using faith, taking hold of what this sacrifice represents, then, then it's not that God is killing you. That's sort, of like, that's sort of like your mother brings the medicine in and says, son, I, I've got to work. We'll starve to death if I don't go to work. So here's the medicine. But if you don't take this medicine every two hours, you'll die. And the son is irresponsible and hears a miss and doesn't pay any attention to it, just forgets about it. And then the mother comes home at the end of the day, and the son's dead. And then the mother's feeling like, oh, I killed my son. No. Uh, what happened was that son did not trust the words of that mother. Mm-hmm. He, let that, he let those words slip from him, and he did not take the antidote to his problem. When we use faith to discern the blood and the body of Jesus... We are bringing to ourselves the antidote for our sins, for our iniquities, for our transgressions. 
and our impurities. impurities. And this is so crucially important. Now, sin in its simplest concept, remember, the the core concept of sin is to fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Now, what most people do is, is, is they just stop and it's just to fall short. And they put their emphasis on the fact that you're not enough. You're not mm-hmm. good. No, that's not, that's not what it is. Sin is when you do not enter into the full benefit and expression of who God is and who you can be in him. See, righteousness is when you enter into whatever degree of fullness you can into who God is and who you are in him. So sin is any, anything that diminishes your willingness or your ability to experience the glory of God, the view, the opinion, the reality of God. So <clears throat> any place in my life, I, I, you guys have heard me talk about how that, you know, when after Brenda and I got married, man, I went through, I finally got healed and then I, I was wishing I died because I owed so much money I didn't know I was ever going to pay it. And so Brenda and I started sorting that out, and we started just every night reading scriptures about, you know, about God's desire to provide for us. We talked about it, we meditated on it, we prayed on it, and finally, you know, I just got down on. I think she probably got on her knees with me, and we repented for being broke. Oh man, I've had people just write me hateful letters about that. How dare you? Are you saying that I'm in sin? Because I'm not saying you're in sin in the sense that you're committing sin, but let's just think about that for a minute. If I'm righteous, if my life is as it should be, uh, am I going to be broke all the time? If my life is as it should be, am I going to be sick all the time? So if sin is any diminishing of what is, of the full benefits of God, then I have to realize something. My, my buddy Clint Byers, he was a graduate of our of our Bible college, the pastor is a great church in, I believe it's in Noonan, Georgia, yeah, right outside of Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me and Clint were teaching on some of this stuff one time. And he said, you don't understand. He said, he said, he said, literally he's, and this is true. I, I, I just like the way he said it. He just says, you know, he says, if you wear glasses, it's a sin, but not sin the way you think. Not sin in the sense of you're doing something wrong. Not sin in the sense that I need to feel guilty about. Sin in the sense of, wait a minute, in the Old Testament, any imperfection was an, actually it was an impurity. And impurity is the, is the result of sin. It's not the committing of sin. It's, a, it's, it's the result. There's sin in the earth. There's sin yeah. in the world. So there's consequences. So it's not that you're out doing something wrong and this is happening to you because you committed a sin. It's because sin is in the world. But, but then if I am pursuing as I should be, you know, I may have this physical problem. I got physical problems. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I got physical problems I have to work through all the time. But, but I'm never going to settle for them. I'm never going to justify them. I'm never going to change my theology. And I'm never going to reach this place where I decide it's the will of God somehow. Mm-hmm. Or that it's just even natural. Mm-hmm. So, and those sacrifices, see, we think of self-righteousness. Okay, I'm just doing this for my ego. No, here's the thing. God wants you to know that being as you should be in Him... Yeah is life to its fullest, mm-hmm. is every day being loaded with blessings, mm-hmm. is finding the way out of whatever whatever we're in. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's being healed from whatever from whatever's hurting us. It's breaking free from whatever's oppressed. Righteousness is not about perfection. Righteousness is about wholeness, about completeness, about living in the glory of God. So, yeah, self-righteousness is about ego. Mm-hmm. Real righteousness is about experiencing and manifesting yeah. God as he really yeah. is. Living life as it should yep. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. We're, and when we talk about character and walking in character, all this kind of stuff, and, and, and see, we realize that anywhere that I have a lack of character, I will create conflict between me and other people. I mean, does God quit loving me? No. Does God give up on me? No. But do I create difficulties? Yes. Do I create things that become distractions in my life? Yes. Does this take my attention off of God? 
Yes. Does this take me into darkness where I start not seeing God as he is because I'm going to start blaming God. I'm going to start changing my theology and all that. Yes, it does. Hmm. So I want, I want the kind of character that, that number one, I want to be like Jesus for a lot of reasons. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And you know what? Everybody around me wishes I was more like Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely sure of that. But this is not so that I can puff my head up and look down my nose at anybody. I, 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 I want to draw people to God. Yeah. I want to not have. I want to not have all these distractions in mm -hmm. my life. Yeah. All these you're, complications. You're creating a sense of consistency. Yeah. You know, when it comes to relationship, I, I tell you that's one of the key points. You know, I share with men. You know that you know if they're in their marriage, they're really, just be consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and that is you know that will show character. Oh, and absolutely. Then what it also creates is safety. Yeah. And so if yeah. if if what I'm saying is I, I want to be more like Jesus, then. I'm going to manifest or display a sense of consistency. And yep. then people seeing my life, they'll feel safe yep. with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. I want I, people want that place of safety. And if you ain't got character, who's going to show up no. today? Well, stop and think about it. Yeah, I used I used to present it a lot like this, and I I, I might have presented a little differently today. I, I, really, not much of a change. I'd probably just say it maybe a little bit different. But stop and think. You know, for the how many centuries did the whole world know that God was the Almighty Creator, all the power? Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. I don't. It doesn't bring me peace to know that God's. Almighty, all powerful, until I know how he's going to use that power. And for me to know how he's going to use that power starts with what is his core character traits? What is what is his character? And then but then secondly, is his character consistent? You know, there's a lot of men that their wives know the men will stand up and fight for him to protect him. But they also never know for sure when the men will turn that on them. Hmm. You know, those, those same men that will that will fight and beat somebody else up for for uh, uh, you know being unkind to their spouse or their kids. The problem is that same guy might turn that on the wife and kids. So even though even though that power is there to protect them, it doesn't bring peace. It doesn't bring safety. It doesn't bring an endearing relationship because you don't know how they're going to use mm -hmm. it. And so, man, I love the fact that you brought out that consistency reveals what our character mm, yes. is, you know, as much as anything. Yes, yes. Yeah. Let's jump over to Romans 5. We good, you good to jump over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I can remember back in the 70s when I started working this verse through, I can, I can just remember it almost like I'm sitting at my desk you know, mm. right now and reading this scripture and just starting to break down the pieces of all of this. In Romans 5, chapter 1, and this, of course, remember this is, and one of the reasons that we talked about righteousness is because this gets into righteousness and character cannot be separated. I mean, it just can't be separated. So he says, Paul says, Therefore, uh, since we have been justified, um, and, and the previous chapter, you know, gets into justification through Jesus being raised up from the dead. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at the word justified, there is so little difference in the Greek between the word justified and the word righteousness uh, that it really kind of gets hard sometimes to even understand what the significance is uh, um, you, you know what, what what is this what is it really what is it really meaning well when you when you look this word up in the Greek you you realize that all of this comes from a root word about character and uh, and and actually uh, 
but it, it is connected very directly to the word righteous. And so this righteousness, and we're moving toward character, justification, if I understand it right, I'm not saying I do, I'm just saying if <laughs> yes. I do, justification seems to get into this, into what many theologians call practical righteousness. You know, there's a positional righteousness. And positional righteousness, and remember, righteousness is one of those continuums, man, that I'm telling you what, it, it, it manifests on so many different planes in so many different ways that there is, there, there is no one-dimensional concept of righteousness. But, you know, righteousness starts with, number of fact, it's a gift from God, and that Jesus himself is my righteousness. So this is more than just a power. But when, when, when I believe on Jesus as my righteousness, then it becomes a power. Hmm. It becomes mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm, a power mm -hmm. that starts working in my heart. Mm -hmm. And it's also a position. And in this position, because I am in Jesus, he is my righteousness. So I have this position where I know because I'm in him, I'm free from the wrath of God. I am free from God ever turning against me and that I have this covenant of peace with God. So because of that, I have, I, I, I have peace. But, but also in this sense of peace, it's, it's sort of like, okay, this righteousness though, it seems like this little slight differentiation between righteousness and justification starts getting into the application or the manifestation of righteousness in my character. So it never stops. You know what? It's a position. It's a person. When we operate faith, it's a, then it becomes a power. Uh, when it becomes a power, then it starts affecting our behavior. I mean, you know, it, it just doesn't mm -hmm. end. It's so, it's so inclusive. So, therefore, having been justified or made righteous by faith, and this key factor, by faith. You know, when talking in, in, in Romans chapter 3, I think it is, where Paul talks about reconciliation, he points out the fact that, you know, that God was in G Jesus reconciling the world to himself, but then he points out that, that, that Jesus is the righteousness of God to all and upon all who believe. You know, the fake grace movement and the, and the ultimate reconciliation. People say, See, Jesus reconciled the whole world to God, so, so everybody's, everybody's going to heaven. Mm, no, to all who believe. To all who believe. To all who believe. So this whole righteousness and this whole reconciliation thing, it's, 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 it's like a dormant potential. A, a possibility, not a probability. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's something that's there and available, but it has got to be actuated. It's got to be brought to life in a person's heart because they believe. Mm -hmm. Now, stop and think about this. If I only believe in righteousness as a position, or I only believe in righteousness as a gift, then I'm probably not really operating faith in righteousness for behavior. You, okay, you, you, yes, so I've got righteousness as a position, righteousness as a gift, and then we have righteousness as a behavior. So my question is, how many people... Those are all extremes, by the way, right? Yeah, how many people are in yeah. their faith for righteousness in Christ are believing for that righteousness to, to, yes, to be our standing before God. Yes, to be a free gift given to us. Yes, to be a realm that we enter into because we're in Jesus. But also, am I really wanting it to be something that affects my behavior? Because if, I, if that's not what I'm believing for, then grace doesn't happen to empower me. So you only get grace by what you're trusting for. So if I have righteousness as my position, completely, just absolutely knowing that he is righteous in me, then I receive that as a gift. I don't take it for granted, but that it automatically affects my behavior. No, it don't automatically affect oh, behavior. Oh, no, no, but really? So, so if I truly believe that Jesus is my righteousness, 
don't I? Question don't is, I? What do you believe righteousness oh, is? Everything about his nature, his character, his names. If I believe that I am positioned in his righteousness, I value the gift so much that I act accordingly. Well, yeah. And the thing is, how many people do you know, particularly people in the fake grace okay. movement, that they want Jesus as their positional righteousness? Oh, but then they're just but their they positional. But they have no okay. intention of wanting to have character, change their ah, behavior, I see. live a more I see, life. I see. I guess I was seeing the value of the gift. For instance, Bob gives me the gift of his trust. I mm. value that trust so much that I care for it like a treasure, yeah. and I am true to that trust. Right. I mean, this is so, this is so multidimensional. There's no one way to right. say it. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. But remember, the Apostle Peter says, receiving the end or the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Well, salvation, saved, healed, delivered, blessed, prospered. But he's also talking about it happening in the realm of your soul. And so, you know, you, you, you start, uh, and you know, believing and receiving, you start realizing that, that there is this continuum mm -hmm. that what I am receiving or what's coming alive inside of me is directly to relate it to what I am believing it to be. Mm. See, if, if, if getting born again is salvation to you is getting a ticket to heaven and you get your ticket to heaven and somebody says, now you got to work really hard and do everything right or God's going to take your ticket away from you. Mm -hmm. So even though you got everything given to you mm -hmm. freely, mm -hmm. you're accessing none of it because you don't believe it. So the question is, what do we believe righteousness is? Yes. What do we want? If, if a person has no value... See, I have value for character. And I always tell people, look, he, he, don't think I have value for character because I'm just, I'm just a wonderful, righteous, mm -hmm. virtuous person. I have One of the reasons I have value for character is because I don't like pain. Right. And I know that the pain, all of the pains ever been in my life, mm -hmm. I brought it in the places that I compromise Absolutely. righteousness. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going back to last week's uh, episode. In the, um, you know, the laying on of, of hands, the pronouncing of your sin, and then you know the 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 sounds of the gurgling and 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 the blood that was being shed, and we talked also about you know it bringing you to a place of mercy, you know, to the mercy seat, you know, to the, mm. to the most holy place, and. When you really begin to see, because as you're saying here, Jim, you know, really what is righteousness? See, this yeah. is where mercy is, you know, just so powerful because it, it triumphs over the judgment. You see, there, there was a, a, a great price that was paid for me and for, for my wrongdoing. You see, and so I think, you know, the, the layers that we go in depth in this and in, in understanding the righteousness, all of a sudden, then I begin to trust, you see, and then I begin to receive that, that grace, that empowerment, you know, that um, his glory, you know, the manifest, I, I, I want to see that in my life. And I'm, and I'm not going to settle because too great of a price has been paid. Mm -hmm. Am, am, is that is that landing for us? Oh yeah, I mean, again, it's so multidimensional. It is. That, yeah. That, that that there is no simple, 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 uh, you know, uh, definition. There, the, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you even go back to when when you know when God and Mo when God, Moses was like, like I want to see your glory. I want to see. I want and, and and you know, God said, okay, I'm gonna show you my glory. Mm -hmm. And what he did is he showed him his kindness. Mm -hmm. He showed him his yeah. mercy. He said, this, this is, so, so the thing is, you know, we got these religious, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to see the miracles. Well, okay. But let me ask you this. But do, uh, do you want to be somebody's miracle? So when God moves on you to give somebody something, to pay a bill for them, to help them out, to pay their hospital bill, buy their groceries. I mean, is that what you're talking about? You want to see the miracles. You can see the miracles anytime you want to. 
you, you can say you can say, you can be the miracle for somebody else anytime. Wow. So we get these concepts, these ideas, and then we force our one-dimensional definitions yes. onto these mm. gods that are I mean these words of God that are so multidimensional. But we're not really interested in those other parts. I'm not really interested in being anybody else's miracle. I just want I just want to see some miracles for me. And so we're going to God. We're not really going to God and just you know, here's something I thought about. I, the, the, again, let's jump back to the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. See, the burnt offering, and you know, I, I, you know, I was thinking about that whole thing about, in, in, like, in the, in the burnt offering, there are two aspects to the burnt offering. One is the sweet-smelling aroma that came up before God that, he, that it says was a sweet savor. But then there was another part of that burnt offering where they took the hide and the unclean parts of this animal outside of the camp and they burnt those and completely destroyed them. That didn't go up before God. That wasn't, that was a type of the judgment, whereas the other one was a type of the purification. So, and so, you know, as I was, I was meditating on that one morning and, and the, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain what I, was, what I was seeing, but my visual was I can be, I can be this person who lets the fire of God consume me and my life then becomes mm. a sweet smelling savor to mm. God. And my life then Literally comes up into that glory cloud, you know that that where 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 the incense has been poured in, and the cloud comes up on the mercy seat, and the glory of God is manifest in the smoke that's coming up out of this offering, and God is breathing that offering of the life of this animal, but in this case, it's our of that, and, and, and you know to savor something. There, I had a, I, I mean, I hate to say this, it's, it's a, I, had a, I had a friend that uh, she, bless her heart, she was so big that for her to weigh, the only place in town that she could weigh was to go down to the cattle auction. Mm. That was the only scales that were, mm. uh, that would measure her weight. Wow. That's... So, she, so she probably had to be over 500 mm-hmm. pounds. She's a great person. I mean, I loved her. Great, great, great person. I'm not criticizing her for her weight. Mm-hmm. But she was was one of these people that just loved to eat. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of people who have weight problems. Honest truth, that most people who have weight problems is hormonal, that kind of stuff. But there are some people who just love to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, just become gluttons and love to eat. And uh, and she confessed to me one time. I was ministering to her and her husband, trying to help them through some stuff. She said that when nobody was there, and they would eat, and it was just the two of them. She, she said they would they would take their food and close their eyes. And as they chewed, they would just moan because they were savoring and experiencing every aspect of the flavor and the joy of consuming. They loved to eat. (laughs) Savoring something is way more than just noticing the aroma. Right. God, when we offer our lives as a living sacrifice, that's what Paul is talking about, being this burnt offering and let our life be consumed, two things happen. We become this sweet smell and savor that God is relishing in and man, this takes you into this intimacy with God that we've talked about before, the difference between the closed mem and the open mem, where, where you're hearing God, man, you're hearing the direction. You're getting the sense of, of what to do. You just, man, it's, it's like you're just having this interaction with God that goes beyond anything that can be explained. But then the great part of it is, but then all of the unclean parts, the hide, the flesh, and really the hide represents the flesh. It is taken away from you and it's burned somewhere totally separate. So that part of you is never what God encounters. Mm-hmm. And, and that part of you is so annihilated by the fire of God. The pa- And your know, fire always represents passion too. 
And so, so you're going to burn with a passion for God or you're going to burn with a passion for your flesh. And the passion for your flesh is always about selfishness, self-gratification, getting what you want and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, you don't really meet a whole lot of people that want to be that person that says, you know what, I just want to be on that altar I just, I, I, I just, I want to burn my life up with God. I, I want to be that sweet smelling savor. I, I just want to be consumed by God, and and I want to, I, I, I want to break these ties to my flesh. I want to move. Well, that process happens. A lot of things that happen in your heart, but it also happens through this process of character, of developing your character. Mm-hmm. So Paul goes on here. We're almost out of time. So uh, uh, Bob, you just have to let me know if we got enough time to finish this or not. I'll, I'll, I'll run as hard and fast as yeah, I can. Yeah, but we'll take another five minutes. How's that? Okay. So he says, so, you know, being justified by faith. And so we're getting, this is, we're just all getting into uh, positional righteousness, righteousness of Christ, righteousness as a gift, but also righteousness that you are believing molds your character that comes into how you live. And he says, in verse 3, he says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So now we have grace, and once in grace, God's power, God's ability, God's strength, you know, all this kind of stuff. But remember, all of that's about faith. You don't have grace just because you're saved. You don't get grace by believing in grace. You, you experience grace based on what you are believing that righteousness is to you. Hmm. And and so you get the grace to ex, to express character if righteousness and the righteousness that you're having faith for is rooted in having character. Hmm. I like that because then that will bring a grace that will bring that refining fire that really yeah. helps to deal with all those impurities oh, yeah. that we've been talking about. You know, the sad thing is most of the, you know, this fake grace movement, it's all about, I want the grace to get by with sin mm. because I'm going to redefine grace as mercy. I'm going to redefine grace as forgiveness. And so what I really wanted to, you know, I, I, there was a, a friend of mine that had, that I'd helped. He has, he has some severe moral problems and really he got some help. And then, then he got around some of these fake grace people and he started and then got in another environment. And, and because he hadn't really dealt with it in his heart, mm-hmm. they started struggling with it again. And so here was the counsel he got. Go ahead and give in to your sins and just realize how incredible the love of God is that he keeps loving you in your sin. That's what Paul addressed in the book of Romans about these people that said God was going to be glorified by their sin. It's like, you know, the Bible tells you the foolishness of that stuff. But anyhow, if, if grace for you is not about living in righteousness, then, then grace will not manifest as the power of living righteous. But he says, okay, so he says grace makes us able to stand. Now this gets start getting into this capacity to develop proven character. And he says, and we rejoice. And that word rejoice is joyfully boast. We joyfully boast in the hope, the confident expectation of God's view and opinion. So this is living God's view and opinion. This is being God's view and opinion. Not, not just, okay, God sees me as righteous, so I, so I get a pass. No, because God sees me as righteousness. I have the power mm-hmm. of righteousness. I have the grace empowered me to this. But now I'm going to run through this real quick. But verse 3 is where it gets interesting. He says, not only that, but we also glory. Now, I don't know why the translators did this, but this is not doxa. This is that word where it says rejoice. So we also keep joyfully boasting in God, even when we're in tribulations. Hmm. Because here's what we know. We know that in tribulation, and I got to understand, this doesn't mean that the tribulation itself produces this. It means that, if we boast and trust in a confident in the view and the opinion of God, confident in the grace of God working in us, confident in the righteousness of God manifesting. This is, you got to keep this in context. Some people take this and say, see, you got to go through tribulation. You know, mm-hmm. no. So he says, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And that word perseverance is actually the word patience. 
And that word patience gets into the concept of being able to stand up under pressure and not waver, not mm -hmm. give up. And that's what he's talking about. He says, we who believe in the righteousness of God, man, we got this peace. And even when we're going through tribulations, we don't waver because the grace of God is working mm -hmm. in us because this is the righteousness that we believe in. This is the glory of God manifesting in us that we're not wavering. We're not falling apart. We're not coming in glue. And he says, and this patience produces character. Now, the Greek basically uses a word that's a little stronger that basically gets into proven character. Hmm. Proven character. See, this is not theoretical. Right. Character. This is character where I have walked through this. I didn't waver, and I didn't compromise. I did not surrender who I am. Hmm. I didn't take the shortcut. I stayed true to the righteousness wow. of God. And I continued to expect, and I had hope, confident expectation, the glory of God. In other words, God's view and opinion fully manifested. But then he goes on and says, and this kind of character produces hope. Mm. In other words, you go into this thing with hope, the wow. hope of the Lord God. Proven character makes you come out of it with more hope. Yes. Why? Yes. Because you saw it work. Yes. And now this hope, will keep you from ever being disappointed or ashamed. Mm. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So what, what this is, this wow. is a picture of a cycle that says, okay, you know, I believe this, I'm righteous in Jesus. I believe, you know, this, you know, this is, this is the character that I want. This is the person I want to be. And this, and the grace of God makes this possible to manifest in my life. And so, so it's like, it's like, this thing comes up, this problem comes up, and you know what? I go through it, and it's like, this is working. Hmm. This is this, this is yes. real. So what happens then? Then the next time I face a challenge, what I have, I have more hope. And the next time it doesn't take me as long mm. to walk it out in my heart mm -hmm. so I don't stay there as long. Right. And so it's like it's like every victory that you go through mm. whenever you are embracing the righteousness of God produces more character in you. And the more your character comes, the less you waver in these situations, the less you waver, the more confident you are. And bam, suddenly no problem is big. No challenge is overwhelming. Nothing's going to make you waver. And you're not going to mess up your life and create all of this conflict in your life because under pressure, you started making compromising situations. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. That, that was profound. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. But again, I'll, we will be. Again, I am. I, I was, we, we spoke off, you know, off mic earlier uh, about developing um, your personal character sketch, who yeah. I am, AC, yep. and so we are. I am a man of character, mm -hmm. and then how then does character look like in me? More than that, what does character look like in Jesus? Mm -hmm. You see, and and as I do, as I develop this, and as we've heard today and from last week, this strengthens my faith and my trust. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I experience His grace, that His reality. My character becomes second nature, yes, like my, or becomes first, first nature, nature, really. Yes. but but then I begin to really live in that land of promise. I begin to experience, you, you know, His benefits, yes, in 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 a very effortless way mm -hmm. because this is who I am. Yeah, and just to underscore what you just said, Jim, I thought you just said it so well. Is that proven characters when I've walked through and I didn't waver. I didn't yep. surrender to who I am. I didn't take the shortcut. I stayed true to the righteousness of God. And that's where that's what produces that hope. And that hope you know, saves us from being disappointed or ashamed. Yeah. There's phenomenal peace when you phenomenal start to go into a situation peace. and you look at it and you go, I know I'm not gonna wait. Yeah. Around. Yep. This is this is not mm -hmm. gonna take me nope. down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, so many people can't do that. Why? Because remember, you know, we talked earlier about if you don't keep your word, you don't believe God's going to keep you. Right. Word. If you don't see stuff through to the end, you don't believe God's going to see you through to the end. And so you've got an image of God and an expectation of God that's not his glory. It's your, your opinion and your experience. And so when trouble comes, man, that's when you, 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 you drop your head, you tuck your tail and like, oh man, I don't know if I can make it through another. I don't know if I can make it through another situation. I don't know if I can face another battle. 
Well, the only reason you feel that way is because of all the ways you compromised, gave up, quit when you faced situations before. But when you keep joyfully boasting and the view and opinion of God, mm-hmm. when God is your source, when righteousness mm. is your trust and grace, and you're trusting that, you know, you know uh, this is not self-righteousness. This is faith righteousness because it's going to, and see, faith righteousness isn't just, I believe I'm righteous. I'm right. Faith righteousness, I have faith that righteousness is manifesting in me. I will live this. I will walk this out. I will stay true to God. And you know what? And if I fail, I'll just get up. Mm-hmm. And run at it, run at it again. Yep. Trust and then the God. next time it'll be just a little bit more quick and a little bit more easy yep. because you've done it before. And that's where confidence is built. And there is no yep. shortcut to that. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That was profound. Thank you for Woo. helping us. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much, Jim. And, th- thank, and you. thank you to all of you, your, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these, this is it. You know, this is just kind of how the rubber hits the road. This, this yep. is where we really get to experience. Um, I, I like this. I've, I've been using it a bit. I love the smile of God on my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I just do. And, mm-hmm. and, it's, and this is where the harmony, this is where the rest comes in. This is where, you know, again, we, we live in peace. And you're able to lay your head at night and just rest to be at perfect peace. Because we are men and women of character. So, Mm -hmm. good. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. And listeners, we love you guys. And um, this is is very encouraging because it's a a great challenge. And yet there's so much of God's empowering grace on us as we go through with this. Hmm. Bottom line, he is our best friend. You know, when I go through an obstacle where I think, wow, this is discouraging, it's getting easier and easier to say, no, Jesus is with me. We're going to remove this block together. Yep, that disappointment happened or that didn't go as I thought. But yet that is not going to, we're going to remove that and still yep. see his character in those spacious places that are made available to me. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for today. This has been episode number. That's Come all on, she everyone. wrote. One seven five. One thirty five. We got yeah. it right this time. Yeah. All right, Jim. <laughs> love you. Love to everyone Bless there you. at Impact Ministries. Yes. Uh, there are resources at uh, the website Live Transformed as well. Impact Ministries. Uh, again, just don't get information. But the most right. important moment, the most exciting moment of this podcast is, when is you now turn when it you turn it off and you commune with God yeah. and yes. you make it personal for you. Make some noise. Write some things down. Make some noise. Well, I thought I said notes. notes. Okay. Make some noise. Yeah. But then, <laughs> do yeah. make but some noise and some notes. Make it memorable yeah. and apply it to your life. Okay. Bye bye. Have a great week. Bye.